Describing the pilgrimage. The sacred house of Allah, as the Almighty told us, has been placed in a barren valley, surrounded on all sides by the desert. The Haji, as the person undertaking the pilgrimage is known, has to travel a long distance across a desert that is all but devoid of people, except for a few oases placed here and there to provide the pilgrim with all they need and to help them continue their journey. After a few days of travel, the pilgrim will have passed the last of the cities and towns and will come face to face with the desert. Now is the time to leave the worldly life behind and direct their spirit wholly towards him who they seek. The pilgrim walks along a lifeless road where nothing can be heard except for the hissing of snakes, the chirping of grasshoppers and the howling of wild beasts. Sandstorms blow up from time to time limiting the pilgrim's vision and making their breathing difficult. However, the caravan proceeds calmly, speaking of nothing but God, greeting the day and leaving the night behind, and then greeting the night and leaving the day behind. Such progress is in accordance with the aim of the journey, which is to serve as a reminder of the day when you will leave your worldly life, your relatives and your dear friends. The sight and sound of snakes and scorpions also remind the Haji of the tomb in which they will later meet such creatures. These sights remind the spirit that the lifespan of a person is limited and that there must come a day when the caller will call. You, man, prepare yourself for departure. It is time to leave your family, your money and your close friends. This feeling incites the pilgrim to seek the truth seriously and strenuously. In fact, the rituals of the pilgrimage were legislated only in order to make you renounce the worldly life and its pleasures and throw them out of your heart. In Arabic, these rituals are called Omrah, which means to build something, as they build the heart by its entry into God's presence. By following the Omrah, you imitate the state of death where you will be barefoot and bareheaded. You cannot cut a nail or take a bath or kill an insect. And you wear only loose garments. In this state, the spirit will see its sins and faults and surrender to you as you approach God. You invoke him and kiss the black stone, yielding wholly to God and turning to him in repentance, and then he will accept you. From this description... It becomes clear to us why the sacred house was put in a distant place, in a barren valley, far from any worldly pleasure or luxury that might distract the spirit. The greatest obstacle which stands between people and their provider is their love of the worldly life and their being distracted by it. The focus is on this life instead of on the other abode, and that is what blocks our hearing blinds our seeing and makes our heart forget God. This is the wisdom of placing the sacred house in a barren valley surrounded by a desert. A person may ask, if somebody gains piety, al-taqwa, when fasting in Ramadan, and their spirit becomes able to see the goodness and know that it really is good, and also to see evil and know that it really is evil, so that they are always illuminated by the light of their provider. For what reason must that person make the pilgrimage and travel across the seas? 
leaving their family and children behind, facing dangers and diseases, and encountering trouble and difficulty. Can this compassionate and clement creator, who created this person, and obliged them with unlimited boons, not grant them what he wants to grant them in their own country? Why does God bid them to go to his sacred house, which lies in a barren valley, without gardens or trees, springs or rivers, where there is nothing except a little water, which is hardly sufficient for these pilgrims? We accept that the pilgrimage is obligatory for those who live in a country close to the sacred house. But is it obligatory for those who live in a country far away from it, who need years to reach the land of Al-Hijaz on foot and years to return? They may also ask, Since this great creator has created humanity perfectly and created all the universe based on the most wonderful discipline, so that all that is in it tells of his greatness and majesty and indicates his great power, Why then has he ordered us to perform these rituals of pilgrimage, which may seem to the eye to be mere formalities and meaningless actions? Does not the grandeur of the grand require that all his commands should be great and should depend on high wisdom and should lead to sublime results? They may mention some specific rites in order to clarify their question, asking, Why did the Almighty order us to take off our tailored clothes as we entered the state of ritual consecration and instead to wear a garment consisting of only a robe and a wrap? Why did he order us to go back and forth between Safa and Marwa and to stand for a while in each place? What is the purpose of walking around Al-Kaaba and kissing the black stone? What is the aim of standing at Arafat and expressing our compliance by saying, Here we are, O God of all. Here we are. In Arabic, this statement is Labeka Allahumma Labeik. Isn't Allah the Almighty omnipresent? Why should we face trouble and climb the mountains to express our compliance to Him? What is the purpose behind throwing these pebbles? Does Satan stand shackled in those three locations? to be pelted with seven pebbles? I wonder, can he be found at any of these three locations? Do these pebbles have any effect on the devil? Isn't he burnt merely by our mention of God and our nearness to him? Finally, why do we slaughter and immolate sacrifices and shed the blood of thousands and thousands of sheep, although only a few people can eat from them? What is better, to give these sums of money to poor people or to shed these rivers of blood? In this way you may ask and ask. Indeed, although you may spend all your life asking, nothing shall quench your thirst for an answer unless you apply the noble saying of the Prophet, communication with Allah and peace are through him, which is, Islam is based on five pillars. If you apply this noble saying perfectly, according to what we have previously mentioned and revealed, then when Ramadan comes, you will perform the fast we have talked about and become illuminated by Allah's light. This means 
that your spirit will become able to distinguish what is good from what is evil and tell apart the useful and the useless so that it does not whisper evil ideas to you. This will take place after you have seen that disobedience and wrongdoing make the spirit fall into destruction and total loss, whereas obedience and the application of the godly commands generate happiness, repose and survival. I say that if you apply this noble saying exactly, that is to start with belief, then perform deeds based on this, then you will move from one class to another in this sublime university and rise from grade to grade until you perform a true fast in Ramadan. Your witnessing of God's majesty and perfection will fill your heart with love and adoration for Him and will allow you to receive a light and wear the garment of piety, al-taqwa. I say, if you reach this state, you will then be worthy of ascent to the final class, which is the pilgrimage. In undertaking the pilgrimage, proof and evidence are shown to you, and the realities become obvious to your eyes. Through pilgrimage, you see the details of the facts you have witnessed spiritually during Ramadan. The more truthful you are in your seeking, the clearer to your heart eye these particulars will be, so that neither a veil nor a mist will stand between you and them. By undertaking the pilgrimage, you see more and more, so you no longer have to ask. You will not need to ask anything of anyone, because you will have a vision that enables you to witness this yourself. However, although one who has a vision needs no leader, such a person still cannot dispense with the companion and the interceding master. Communication with Allah and peace are through him. During the pilgrimage you see the facts of all the rituals of pilgrimage, so you then realize that they are based on high wisdom, just like all the other great commands of the Grand God. You will witness that all the actions of the pilgrimage are symbols and ways to help this human spirit to reach the loftiest ranks of humanity. By undertaking the pilgrimage, all the questions you have asked will be answered and all problems will vanish before your spirit's eyes. You will see the aim of mandating the pilgrimage and the purpose behind the godly command for these rituals and deeds. By undertaking the pilgrimage, you do not only see the facts of its rituals, you see everything your spirit asks for, including the answers to all of the questions that occur to it and the solutions to all of the problems that cross its mind. By performing the pilgrimage, you will become able to truly see the reasons for all the godly injunctions, as well as for the prohibitions, by witnessing their specific natures, and you will also be provided with cogent, clear and decisive proof, and thus become a wise scholar. The Prophet, communication with Allah and peace are through him, made this clear with regard to his companions when he said, My companions are like the stars. Any one of them that you follow, guided you will be. The Almighty God has called on humanity to go to the land of Al-Hijaz and perform the duty of pilgrimage there in order to sublimate these believers whose spirits have become illuminated through Ramadan by the light of the Almighty 
to the highest rank a person can reach. We can liken the situation of the believer whose spirit has obtained piety, al-taqwa, through Ramadan, to that of someone who has obtained a university degree or diploma. The example of a believer who performs the pilgrimage and achieves its sought-after aim is analogous to the situation of a person who completes a doctorate in the present day and becomes a university professor. Accordingly, we can recognize two levels or two successive degrees of piety. The degree of piety which a person achieves through Ramadan and that which the pilgrim gains through pilgrimage. During this latter process, a person witnesses the minute secrets of the godly orders and their advantages to all of human society, as well as the limitless damage that results from forbidden things. Then, on every day, and on every occasion, this eminent believer will witness new things and acquire new knowledge, and so on into infinity. God says in the Holy Quran, Fortress 18, Al-Kahf, the cave, verse 109, Say, O Muhammad, if the ocean were ink for the words of my provider, the ocean would be exhausted sooner than would the words of my provider, even if we brought another ocean like it for its aid. Thus the Almighty God decreed pilgrimage for the believers, so as to help the one who follows the way of belief to become a witness, and to help the illuminated believer to become a wise scholar, so that they can become a true humanist. This is what the noble verses refer to, when God says in the Holy Qur'an, Fortress 2, Al-Baqarah, the cow, verses 198 to 202, Then, when you pour down from Arafat, celebrate the praises of Allah at Al-Mash'ar Al-Haram, the sacred monument, and celebrate His praises, as He has guided you even though, before this, you went astray. Then pass on at a quick pace, from the place whence it is usual for the multitude to do so, and ask for Allah's forgiveness. For Allah is oft forgiving and most merciful. So, when you have accomplished your holy rites, celebrate the praises of Allah, as you used to celebrate the praises of your fathers. Yea, with even more heart and soul, there are men who say, Our Lord, Give us your bounties in this world, but they will have no portion of creation in the hereafter. And there are men who say, Our Lord, give us goodness in this world and goodness in the hereafter, and defend us from the torment of the fire. To these will be allotted what they have earned, and Allah is quick in account. By reading these noble verses, you can see the divine care and high wisdom that the pilgrimage contains, which is expended upon humanity. The Almighty God is not being hard upon this person when he asks them to leave their family and their country, to face dangers and to spend their money in order to perform the pilgrimage. Rather, he wants to prepare a better life and eternal bliss for them and to uplift them to the position for which they were created and brought into this worldly life. 
He wanted them to seek it and obtain it in order to enjoy perpetual bliss and everlasting happiness. One aspect of Allah's care for humanity, which is hidden behind the pilgrimage, may appear to you when you notice, for example, what some fathers do in the present day. You see them send their sons to the furthest lands and urge them to travel to faraway countries, no matter how much money this costs them. They make them face the hardest circumstances and the most difficult challenges in order to make them study and get a degree at university. Thus, when they come back home after many long years, they can assume a distinguished post or acquire an important job that allows them to ascend to a higher social position. You will see that those both near and far appreciate those fathers and consider them to be providing perfect fatherly care for the future of their sons. Nonetheless, all the money those fathers spend and all the difficulties with which they burden their sons are just for a worldly life. That is, for a few years, which may not last long. After this example, we think that you can now realize Allah's care for humanity and His comprehensive favor and wide mercy for us. Can anyone now regard the requirement for the pilgrimage as a difficult charge or see it only as a devotional order of which none can know the purpose except Allah? Consider the aforementioned noble verse and then you will perceive the aim and the wisdom of this obligation. The Almighty also says in the Holy Quran, Fortress 2, Al-Baqarah, the Cow, verse 198, And celebrate His praises as He has guided you. That is the elevated aim and sublime purpose of the pilgrimage. God says in the Holy Quran, Fortress 20, Taha, the Pure, Verse 123 When my guidance is revealed to you, he that follows it shall neither err nor be afflicted. All the rituals and deeds of the pilgrimage are but means and conditions, without which its purpose cannot be achieved, and without which the pilgrim will not reach that highest aim. Now we are going to mention some of these deeds to give examples in order to answer some of the questions which we referred to at the beginning of our words about the pilgrimage.